once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart of readingsbyevan.com from New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California, who will both enlighten and inform us this week as they discuss astrology, politics, and magic. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi. Well, thank you for the announcement, Evan, and um, we had a nice little chat before the show started. Ah, boy, this is going to be an interesting show. We haven't done one of these in a long, long time. I know we have done it before. No guest. It's just you got me and the Conjure Man, and that's who we're going to have. <laughs> um, and um, we're going to talk about what we have promised to talk about for a while, and that is politics. Um, I'm getting a buzz on the line. Is anyone else hearing that buzz? I do very slightly. slightly. Yeah, boy, it's very loud for me. Um, I mean, really loud. Um, I'm wondering, Nagashiva, if I should be dialed in on another um, another line because it's just going me, me, and it's probably on this landline. So could you help me out, Shiva, with a different phone? Um, all right, well, I'll keep on talking despite this buzz, which sounds like some sort of insane robotic terror movie. Um, so um, we're going to talk about politics, astrology, and magic. Now, not everybody who follows this show follows astrology, and not everybody follows politics, but I think pretty much everyone follows magic. And we've talked before about spells for um, for, for political gain and for political amelioration and things like that. But we're going to go into a little bit more here on what's currently happening. And um, just to catch you all up on what I'm doing, I know I'm supposed to be doing that right now, I've been on Hoodoo Psychics yesterday. I'm keeping my regular hours on Hoodoo Psychics every Saturday. And um, the Hoodoo Psychics has a queue system. If you all don't know about that, I'm going to give you a little update on it. If you want to um, have a reading with somebody but they're not online, you can go in and leave them a message or you can go into their queue and have them do what's called a callback. And when I get online, I will look at those first thing before I take any new calls. I look at the people who have made a message for me or who have made a callback message. When you leave the callback message, you can say when it expires, like if you don't call me back in 24 hours or one week or whatever. But I'm on every seven days now, so you don't have to wait for a reading more than seven days with me if you call Hoodoo Psychics on a Saturday. And I'd like more people to use that cue. About every week, I'd say one to three people use it. 
but it really helps you get in because if I get a call, then I'm on with someone else. You go, well, gee, I have to watch this thing and see when she's available. No, you just make that call back. So I'm just trying to promote that idea. Um, and we've got some very interesting plans for what's coming up with um, Hoodoo Psychics. I spent the morning with Deacon Millet, and that was pretty cool. Um, and here comes Shiva with a phone, but guess what, Shiva? The buzz went away. <laughs> what? Oh, the other phone was the problem. Okay. All right. Everything is good. All right. So um, that's what's new here. But I'd like to um, get in right into conversation with Conjurman about politics. But first of all, of course, he gets to catch us up on what he's doing. Oh, you know, busy as usual watching the uh, madness that is the American state right now is really what I've been doing. I was joking the other day that uh, last week was probably the most unproductive week I've ever had in my life because you had a million and one different things to do. But everyone was just sitting around refreshing the page, looking at the results (laughs) for the election. So I had 101 different things I had to do, but I was just sitting there going, I'm not getting any work done. Let's be real. I'm just going to be staring at this screen all night. Um, But this week has been a a lot better. I've gotten most of my work done. I'm almost entirely booked for the month of December. I think I have only two reading spots left. So it's a busy, you know, the holiday season is very busy. Lots of clients, lots of work, um, but it's it's going very well. And interestingly enough, a lot and a lot of clients, and you probably have experienced this as well, and I'm, I'm sure Evan as well, the experience has been clients that say, I'm, uh, we're doing some type of social distance holiday, but I'm worried now that because we're doing the social distance holiday, that uh, one uncle that we've always excluded is now going to get mm-hmm. How do I oh, deal with that situation so it's like the the reason that now it's long distance, it seems to have expanded the circle of who can attend, and it's bringing some mm-hmm. of the uh, undesirables or unwanted. And so there's been lots of work of like freezer jar work on certain people or peaceful homework, um, even stuff like just making sure communication is, you know, ideal via Skype or Zoom or whatnot. So this pandemic has really even changed the nature of the work we do for clients. Just fascinating. Every year it's the same thing, peaceful home. But now that social distance element have added like a whole new wrench into this system, a whole new factor to consider. And that has been really interesting. So dealing with that for, for holiday clients has been the kind of theme going forward. That's fantastic. I have to say you travel in different circles than I do. Um, that's not what I've been having. I've been having mopey oh, people. Yeah, I've been having mopey people who are going to have socially distanced holidays and feel let down because of the traditional foods not being there or whatever. And I've also had a, quite a few people who have been um, in the middle of career change. This whole COVID thing oh, wow. is just like you know, it's been fifty-two card pickup. You threw the thing, and then you got to pick up every card and see what you got. And are all the cards there? It's it. I have so many people with career, career, career questions, problems, uh, plans, plans that went awry. I think I'm talking about that more than anything else in my pre-scheduled readings. But at Hoodoo Psychics, there's been a whole other world because of COVID. People are doing more spells at home. They're learning how mm-hmm. to do magic mm-hmm. better, and for uh, themselves. Yeah. So at Hoodoo Psychics, instead of the, you know, the droopy 
mopey, you know, my lover and whatever, and you know, you know, the kind of thing that many readers say. Oh gosh, if only I could cure everybody's problems, but you can't. But you try. But instead of those people who are who are desperate or seeking help or seeking confirmation, I'm getting a tremendous number. I'd say eighty percent. 75% to 80% of my calls on Hoodoo Psychics are people who want a check on a spell they've done themselves. Is my spell work the oh, correct wow. work for, for what I want to do? Is my spell work working? What can I expect if I let this go natural and don't do any spell work? Um, mm-hmm. Should I be using candles or should I be using foot track magic? It's all re- root work consultations and readings um, you know, diagnostic readings on spellcraft. And I've been enjoying it a lot because, of course, these are very upbeat people. These are people on the move. These are people who are doing things with their lives rather than going from reader to reader saying, I feel sad. That is, and that I've is so just fascinating. And I've just thrilled. I've, I have seen an uptick in magical coaching and consultation, but you're right. There has been a whole – I had a client that talked about how because of the pandemic they just started root work. I had like three that have said that. So that is another angle of it. Seasonally, for me, it's all been it's all been uh, holiday stuff that the clients have been asking about. But long term wise, definitely see that the interest in magical work, the interest because they're at home trying to address their own situations, has definitely been there. People either picking up root work or doing it for the first time, needing magical coaching, needing con- consulting. It's just fascinating. So again, someone's going to write a a book about COVID, uh, magic in the COVID era. <laughs> it's going to be Yeah, gonna be it's, very, it's very interesting. It has been um, people who don't want to leave their house. They're not going to be going to no exactly, yeah. or crossroads. I mean, there's a lot going on. Uh, this has changed everything, including the, the, the way that magic is practiced. Well, I'd like to talk yeah. with you about politics because I think everybody yeah, here, uh, you know, among our fans and listeners knows that we are left of center. I think that would be a fair way to put it. Maybe oh, yeah. left of left of left of center. Maybe I certainly am unabashedly lefty over here. <laughs> yeah, and I would say that you know I'm so far left field. Left field. I climbed the wall and got up into the stands. <laughs> <laughs> I am far far left left field. So you know you you get what you what you're listening to. That's what you're going to hear. So first of all, of course, we're all pretty happy about um, Trump being dumped we know that and we're pretty happy about biden and certainly very most of us are pretty happy about kamala harris and we all know that we have a chance here to redeem democracy but while this is happening and again this is a um a situation that has caused some consternation in the astrology community um there are people who predicted this and people who didn't predict it there are people who Mm -hmm. predicted um, something else will happen, like the Supreme Court will overturn the election results or whatever. And so I'm, I would like to just get into a little bit about what the role of the astrologer is and and also yeah. what magic astrologers can do, because not all astrologers are magicians. So I'm just going to pick the current astrological weather the current, what we would call the current chart. These these change all day long. I mean, it's always constantly moving and changing. And but I'm just going to give you a couple of ideas of what what's happening right now. So um, we've been having a lot of trouble um, astrologically with this big old pileup. Everybody's calling it the pileup: uh, Pluto, uh, Jupiter, and Saturn. With 
poor Jupiter yeah. smashed in the middle. It's not doing well. And Jupiter is, you know, the state, and it, it has a lot to do with the benevolent aspects of government. Saturn, on the other hand, is the harsh aspects of government. And Pluto is just, you know, uh, dark and, and and dark. So this has been a really bad pileup. And it has um, been having a lot of things going on right now. Mercury, planet of communication, is um, having a little hassle with those having a square. So communication has been really bad about the transition of government. Right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's. Um, I'm sorry, I said Mercury. I'm sorry, I meant Venus. It's Venus that's having the square um, from um, Libra. Uh, to Capricorn. And so with Venus squaring these things, they won't last for more than a few days, but it's causing a lot of trouble with the issue of Libra, which is fairness, which is the courts. So right now we're in the midst of this, you know, courts versus transition. And it's it's kind of creepy because it's a tense moment. Now, Venus moves fairly rapidly and it's going to wear off in a few, a week or so. Um, but these are the kind of things that astrologers take a look at and look for what's the long-term outcome. Of course, there never is an outcome because the planets keep on moving. They don't, you don't get to a pretty chart and then say, we're stopping time right now because you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, right now, the sun is also in a, it, it's in a similar degree, so it's at 24 degree um, Virgo. And so the sun is um, uh, a trine uh, from... I'm sorry, I said that wrong again. Scorpio, 24 mm-hmm. Scorpio, it's sextile to the pileup. It's sextile to Pluto, Jupiter, and Saturn. So when the sun is sextile, that's supportive. It's nice. It's helping. And um, uh, and we also have right now Neptune in Pisces, also sextile. It's just beginning to sextile the pileup. And that makes the, the, um, the sun... Uh, trying Neptune. So there's some good things happening right now. We've gone through some really bad astrological weather, but right now mm-hmm. we're in a moment of what I would call reprieve, except for the problem of the courts, except for the problem of Libra. Yeah. So yeah. I would expect that if I was going to do some magic, I would do some magic here to strengthen um, Venus's movement onward and outward and get out of that square, because there's some, some problems the court thing is definitely a problem. So that's what I'm just seeing right now in the astrological weather. There's one other one which is kind of creepy, and only astrologers really know what it is. Mars is void, of course, in Aries. And when a planet is void, of course, it's kind of like reverses in Tarot. It's not good for them. So Mars in Aries is very creative, but it also can uh, stimulate anger. But Mars void, of course, in Aries, will bring on the opposite. It's the uh, flight rather than the fight, and it brings on panic. So there's um, a bit of panic right now because of Mars in Aries. It's not a strong in a strong position. It is making no aspect to any planet, which is why it's void, of course. And so right now is not a good time. Mars has been retrograde and has just turned direct and Mars is going to have to run through and undo all the mistakes that were made in the last I mean it's it's a lot of work so Mars is right now um, weak but will be strengthening so it's a good time to get your cars fixed it's a good time to do kind of any kind of metal smithing it's a good time for um, you know if you 
want to join the military, I guess I'd wait a few days, but it would be a good time then. So that's what I'm seeing right now. So what are you seeing in terms of politics and astrology? Yeah, I think one of the things that people have run into is, on one hand, 2020 has probably been the best year for uh, astrology, as horrible as it sounds, because uh, it has been very literal. Anything that you kind of look up at the astrological charts, the the manifestation of that or the interpretation of it has been very literal. And so it's been a good year for astrological prediction. But uh, astrological prediction, when it comes to things like politics, is always funky. It's always difficult, and it is the most difficult branch of astrology that exists. Uh, it's the oldest. We believe mm-hmm. historically that the oldest branch of astrology is what is known as mundane astrology. That is the attempt to interpret the stars and their effect on uh, world scale. It is tricky because what happens is in the 18th century or so, mundane astrology falls out of favor. If you're not a court astrologer, you're not allowed to practice mundane astrology because it's considered subversive. You can't just be a regular Joe Schmo and say, oh, by the way, the king is going to die, right? That's a bit controversial. And so it starts to fall out of favor. And in the 20th century, uh, natal astrology takes prominence. It's the most dominant form of astrology, that is birth charts. And so people have kind of lost the ability, to some extent, the traditional ways of interpreting what's going on astrologically. And so it leads to a lot of really funky stuff. But the 2020 year has been the year in which I think you can really rediscover some of those techniques. Ms. Kat, you talked about, for example, the fact that uh, Mercury and Uranus are opposite of one, each other, and Mercury was in retrograde, right, leading mm-hmm. up to the mm-hmm. election, and then stations direct on uh, um, the election day itself. When something stations direct, now imagine if you're people who are living in the pre-modern or ancient world, you're literally looking at a star, a wandering star that suddenly stops. That right, no it's longer stations. Moves. That's why they call it stations, mm-hmm. yes. Exactly. All of a sudden, Mercury's like, uh-oh, this fast planet that we've been watching no longer moves. And we saw that. I mean, that, the election was a Tuesday that lasted a week, <laughs> right? You <laughs> right. just sat there day after day after day. It's like, oh, it's, it's a Tuesday that lasted a week long. And now... Uh, Biden has been confirmed, like what? It's been announced four different times. <laughs> Every day it's like pro- projected winner, Joe Biden. And you're like, wait, deja vu? Are we in Tuesday all over again? <laughs> so it's it's right. definitely an example of what you see. Like you see the stars suddenly stop and it manifests here, a mixing up of timing, the slowing down of things, the confusion around mail-in ballots, miscommunication, deliberate lies. From the from mm-hmm. the outgoing president, we'll call him. We won't call him the current president anymore. The outgoing president, right? Oh, it's all rigged. It's all rigged. What is that? That's that's that Mercury opposite uh, Uranus, right? So Uranus adds right, in that technological right. component to it. But then you talked about that pileup, and that pileup is very very important. Uh, one of the oldest techniques for determining whether uh, an election would be swung one way or another was to determine if it was going to fall in the year of a great conjunction or the year of a conjunction, which traditionally was Saturn and uh, Jupiter. But now people are also looking at Pluto in the modern era. And this, this is interesting because these happen in cycles. There's the grand conjunction, which is that the conjunction happens, returns back to where it was. This happens about every thousand years. It goes back to Aries. It's about 960 years. Technically, we'll say a thousand. 
Then there is the Great Conjunction, which is what we're going through right now, which is about 240 years, in which uh, Saturn and Jupiter will move from one element into another. So for 240 years, we have been in the Earth element with the last conjunction in 2000 in Taurus. And the new one coming up in December going to be in Aquarius. And then there is the conjunction, which happens every 20 years or so. And what this tells us is that whenever an election happens in any three of these conjunctions, it means that whoever is the incoming president will lose. It's a guarantee. You can go and look at the historical records on this. No president, only one president, has ever continued their reign in a conjunction, and that was FDR, and shortly thereafter he died. So that's the other thing mm-hmm. that conjunctions tell you. They say either the president is outgoing or they're going to have an attempt on their life, ill health, or they'll die. We also saw that this year with Donald Trump, right? He ended up getting COVID-19. So this is one of the most reliable markers that it's going on. But then in this instance, you're going from the element earth to the element air. And that is an indication not just of a transfer of power, but a messy transfer of power. Think about it. Earth is what? It's solid. It's fixed. It's sturdy. Air, on the other hand, is dispersed. It moves in all sorts of directions. The transition from Earth to air, mm -mm, not pretty. And we're seeing that right now. So that pileup that Ms. Kat's talking about is already bad in sort of traditional mode, an indication that, hey, things are are not looking good. But then you throw Mm -hmm. in Pluto, the planet of death and the underworld, and that's why you're looking at this kind of weird situation of the 2020 election. I mean, this is, this is going to go down in history as one of the most historic elections. Not only do you have the election of the first black female vice president, but you also have one of the first times where there's absolutely no indication that there's going to be a confession. No indication mm-hmm. that this is going to be a smooth transfer of power. That's what you see when you see that funky transition from earth to air. Yeah. And I'm going to say just, you know, for those who aren't watching the news, there's been some real strange stuff going on out there. There oh, was yeah. this gr- oh, yeah. uh, this assemblage of right-wing, well, we could start with moderate question mark, right-wing Republicans, right-wing yeah, all right, right-wing people, and fucking, excuse my language, white supremacists, and they're all standing out there in Washington cheering Trump. He goes by in his motorcade and on his way to play oh, yeah. golf on his way to play golf, and they're all cheering him. And you have to go, that's really odd. And the Proud Boys are there standing back and standing by, right? It was a very very strange. That's the kind of stuff that you expect from this giant pileup of Pluto, Jupiter, and Saturn. It's just weird. You you hit something really like a nail on the head for me because it's so bizarre. American politics has always been a little bit funky, but the idea of like Trump as a sort of almost godlike figure to these people is so weird. We vote. I've never held. I, I'm a Bernie Sanders fan. I'm a bashing Bernie Sanders fan. I think he would have radically transformed America for the great. But Bernie Sanders is just a dude. He's just mm-hmm. a guy. He's just a politician who I like and who I'll vote for. Same thing with Biden supporters. They vote for Biden. But nobody quite wraps themselves around that sort of the delusion of the greatness of Trump like his followers. I mean, that scene was almost papal, right? And running to his motorcade, almost trying to touch the hem of his cloak. It's so weird to me and so bizarre. 
but it speaks to this really weird era that we're living in, and it's, you know, astrologically really speaks to that, in which, um, you know, you've got that sextile to, to uh, Neptune, right? Neptune is delusion. Neptune yeah. is the stuff Absolutely. that goes off in, in your head. Yeah, it's the, it's the illusion, delusion, the kind of falling in and believing the stuff you say about yourself. Um, right you know, when it comes well, to romance, see, we always tell people it's better than it than it actually is. Or it, it yeah, looks yeah. Than it There's a, the last time that this kind of thing happened with this Jupiter Saturn um, conjunction uh, and it having a a um, you know an effect because this happens every uh, whatever it is so many years. It's not that you know that is modern. Every twenty years, but or so, with yeah. this. But with this Neptune, um, and right now Neptune is retrograde, with this Neptune sex out to it, that delusion is fanaticism. It's it's just oh, yeah. outrageous. It's just outrageous. Um, the the addition of Pluto is what turns it ugly. Had Pluto not yeah. been involved, it, it would have been, you know, pomp and circumstance, and there would have been some triumphy going down the streets, you know what I'm saying? It would have been fine. <laughs> but, you know, uh, a lot of embroidery, gold, you know, threads, whatever. But no, Pluto's involved, and so now it becomes this really kind of threatening, menacing um, thing. Capricorn is a wonderful sign. It's filled with people mm-hmm. who have a great deal of responsibility. They um, they are very um, practical people. But the, the negative side of Capricorn, it is ruled by Saturn. Saturn is in Capricorn right now. The negative side is that yeah. they tend to be hierarchical and therefore militaristic. And, you know, yep. I'm not, yep. Capricorns make really good soldiers. No kidding. I mean, you know, they mm-hmm. really do. Um, but there's some problems there when you have this monomaniacal monomaniacal jupiterian puffy boy in charge and then dark pluto so um (laughs) this is is a real mix-up it's like you just took these ingredients and made this sort of frankenstein monster in my opinion and it's what we got now i'm not one of those who believes there's going to be you know violence in the streets i'm not I'm not saying that there can't be, but what I'm seeing here is that it's just going to kind of pr- plod onward. These things are kind of locked together. Eventually, yeah. Pluto will fall behind and they'll move on, But um, and it'll, it'll be over. But then the next question, of course, is what about COVID? Yeah, it's still plodding on, folks. It's just plodding on. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. watching... Um, you know, like watching a, a train derail in slow motion. We've been we've been talking about it a lot. So now let's talk about what people can do. What magic can you do? Well, I'm yeah. always trying to strengthen the little planets because these are the, the you know um, uh, poor poor little Venus right now. Just really screwed up. The courts are being misused. This is not good. Not 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 good at all. Let's get Venus, right. you know, Venus moving on there. Venus needs some help, some strength. That means, you know, put some flowers out, put some prettiness. Um think of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her lace, you know. We need some mm-hmm. prettiness in in Libra. Mercury, Mercury's going to take care of itself. I mean, like like as we were saying in the chat, we got the Mojo car repaired. It's you know we're we're repairing broken things. Mars has gone direct. Mercury's gone direct. Okay, you know we got the Mojo car repaired. But I would also say with with all of this happening right now, that uh, Mercury is going to plow through because Mercury goes real fast. Mercury and the Sun 
are going to hit the pileup, and Venus will hit the pileup, okay? So when that happens, you'll probably hear another show because what is going to happen is all of those fast planets, and probably including the moon will, will do it too, are going to have to go through those at the end of the year. And that's mm. creepy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's going to be like a big pile. But if you would look at that chart as these things start to move toward the Capricorn and you know get as close as they're going to get before they move on, before the sun uh, moves on and Mercury moves on, mm-hmm. as they go through that, the whole chart will be uh, compressed and from what it is now, which is a bowl chart, if you don't count the north node of the moon, which is an imaginary mm-hmm. point. The entire chart is defined by the opposition between um, Uranus and Mercury with just Venus hanging just over the edge, over the edge of the bowl. Right, right. But as, as the year goes on, that chart is going to become narrower and narrower and narrower until a very small part of the sky will have planets in it. And that's a fan chart. And fan charts tend to be, um, I would say, more monomaniacal, less adaptive, because everything is sort of squeezed together. Some people, I was an astrologer named Dane Rudyar, who felt that the ideal chart was what was called a splay chart. If you imagine putting your hand on your table and then kind of kicking your thumb backwards and spreading your four fingers apart. So you have five, but... There, it's like four of them widely spaced and then one kind of opposing them. That's a splay chart. And, and he, he believed that that was the most intellectual, the most adaptive, and the most uh, interesting chart. There are ten points on the chart. So what he said, if there's only five fingers, that would be two pairs of conjunctions, two, four, six, eight, and then ten. That he felt made for a genius chart. And I've always looked at when in the transiting sky, when we begin to get a splay, things begin to open up. People, new ideas are accepted. And these charts are constantly changing. But right now we're going into a narrowing. And that's kind of a little disturbing. We'll be getting past it as we get to the inauguration. It'll start to move off of that. And then hmm. it'll begin to open up and become a larger chart again. It'll be, we'll, it'll, as, right. as we go through spring at Taurus and Gemini and all the little planets, uh, you know, Mercury and Venus that follow the sun and the moon, which of course always comes around and joins the party once a month, as they, as they begin to move into Taurus and Gemini, we'll go back to having a bowl chart. And then it'll become a splay hmm. chart hmm. later. Now, and I mention this because people say, well, when is COVID going to be over? I'm not thinking until Taurus or Gemini and maybe even Cancer or Leo because I'm just looking at how it's closing down, you see? That's just my opinion. Mm. Pattern astrology. Mm. That's what Dane Ruger called. He wrote a book called Pattern Astrology. You know, I tell clients that uh, when you're you're dealing with with astrological stuff and you're trying to find – um, best timing, because you said it at the beginning, there's never going to be an ideal time, right? Mm-hmm. And the first uh, astrology teacher I had really just worked with ascendance, not a lot else, a very sort of simple, straightforward astrology. And so his goal was just to really find uh, the, the planet of the ascendant in a good position. That's really kind of the best you could do. You can't always find the ideal chart. The other thing you can do is work with the moon, the planet mm-hmm. that is most likely to be your ally more than any other planet, is the moon. The moon represents mm-hmm. 
you know, you. And in fact, in mundane charts, that is charts that are cast for either horror or mundane reasons, uh, the moon always represents the people. The moon represents mm-hmm. the people. And so work with the moon, where the moon is, where uh, if it's in a particular sign, pay attention to that, paying attention to the, the phases of the moon, waxing versus waning, but also the mansions of the moon. I work with the mansions of the moon a lot. Uh, they're very powerful ways of working astrologically and capturing the power of the moon. The mansions are its own ecliptic, its own kind of path that the moon follows. There's 28 mm-hmm. of them. So just as an example, coming up uh, in, on the 17th, that is Tuesday, the moon is going to be in the 22nd mansion. Uh, and this is known as Sad al-Bahbi. This is a meaning the, the slayer of, uh, or the luck of the slayer or the fortune of the slayer. This particular mansion, so on Tuesday you can do this, this mansion is fantastic for, get this, getting rid of falsehoods getting rid of lies and deceptions in the public sphere, but also for liberating those who feel captive, for people who feel trapped, for people who feel uh, unable to escape. This is the perfect mansion. You can light a white candle when uh, this mansion, when the moon goes into this mansion on Tuesday, give a heartfelt prayer. Uh, You can put on some uh, blessing oil if you'd like, and it would be fantastic. You can all do it for yourself individually, like liberate me from whatever is constraining me from financial matters that hold me back, emotional matters that hold me back. Or if you're socially inclined, you can do it collectively for society. Maybe you're liberated from the falsehoods of a false king. Maybe be liberated from the deceit of uh, public misinformation. And may we be liberated from the fear and destruction of this disease so that we can one day move towards healing. So white candle Tuesday work for a little bit of liberation. Wow. That's really nice. See, that's the kind of thing that I love to see. Um, the, the, you're, you're absolutely right. Contraman. The moon, because it's the fastest is the one yeah. that we yeah. use at need. When we have a, a spell that we want to do, many of us work by the waxing and waning of the moon. Uh, those of us who actually can go out and get a copy of the Old Farmer's Almanac or whatever, or look online, also work by the signs of the moon. But the moon only stays in each sign for about two and a half days. So yeah. right yeah. now, as I speak, the moon is in Sagittarius. And it's not Right now, I mean, at the moment we started this show, it was at four degrees Sagittarius, and it was uh, just, you know, barely relating to anything else, not really relating at all, a semi-sextile to Mercury. That's nothing. That's a nothing aspect. Yeah. So the moon, but so the, when the moon is not making an aspect, it's just kind of, eh, it's just there. But it's very soon, by the end of the day, the, the moon will have moved on. So while the moon is right now in Sagittarius, it's not really an opportune moon. I mean, you know, it's going to eventually, it's going to trine Mars or whatever. It's just going to go through its little stages. But Tuesday, as you said, now that is going to be a better moon. So there are ways to find these things out. One of the ways that I think that is a a, a good idea is to tune into the community of astrologers. You know, we come out of the community of hoodoo, and we can tell you, you know, hundreds of hoodoo spells, hundreds of ways of working, ways of thinking, principles, historical um, root workers, we know all of this stuff, and some of us, like um, Ollie and me, and William Stickevers is another member of Air who knows astrology, and um, uh, Deacon Millet knows astrology as well. But there is also a community of astrologers online, 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to, um, you know, see some of these people who are in the chat now um, call out who are some of your favorite astrologers. Just type them into the chat, and we'll see if we can read them off. There are astrologers who give a lot for free. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly, um, uh, like I, I mentioned, um, uh, Astrolabe, which is alabe.com, and I'm going to put that in. Um, it's just a, a really good place to go for a chart. Um, Doc Murphy says Ron Bresney. Um, Conjurman says uh, Demetria George does amusing work on ancient astrology. Evan Lionheart says A Labe also. Um, and um, Alan uh, Austin Kopic says Evan. Yes, Austin Kopic is really really good. I I agree with you with that a hundred percent. Rob Bresney is getting it's Rob Bresney, not Ron Bresney. I see it was a typo. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Rob Bresney. Um yeah, so these are some these are people that you can follow on Facebook. You can um follow them and um you know, Twitter and stuff like that. Um Doc Murphy lists Heather Rowan Robbins. And Doc Murphy is an astrology astrologer. Um Signe D C lists Lynn Coiner with a K, J V Layman and Will Morris. Um, mm, yeah, Lee so, Layman yeah. is a phenomenal at horary astrology and medical astrology. Who is? Who is? Uh, Lee Layman. She does brilliant work on horary and medical astrology. Ah, okay, great. See, I'm unfamiliar. Um, and, uh, oh, Doc Murphy says, no, I'm not. What? Oh, Monty Farber says Major Tom. And I was just going to type in Monty Farber. Monty Farber is one of my favorite astrologers, a very level-headed guy, has a really good Facebook Mm. presence, has always been there with free information day after day, year after year. And it's sort of interesting to me that um, Monty Farber is is one of these outreach people. He really will, you know... um, he he does stuff for the newcomer, and he's not a simple astrologer. He's actually an excellent astrologer, but he has put himself kind of in the same way that I have with Hoodoo. He's put himself at that outreach level so that anyone can get help from Monty Farber. I absolutely think his stuff is great. Um, Christopher Warnock, um, who was a, is a graduate of my course as mm-hmm. uh, Conjure Man. Christopher Warnock has a site called Renaissance Astrology. It's really good. And, um, yeah. Um, so people have been posting a bunch of names here. Uh, Signe DC says, me too. I'm a medical astrologer. Now, Signe DC is also a graduate of my course. And I hope Signe DC joins Hoodoo Psychics and AIR and gets the word out. <laughs> we're, we're waiting for you. Um, you know, um, that's, um, and Evan says, I study and read charts in the Hellenistic tradition. That's right. Evan is also an astrologer. Um, and uh, Major Tom has added Harry Seltzer. All right, so we've got a list of names. These are going to be, thank you everyone for that for that list of names. These names are in the chat, and we're going to probably ask Nagashiva, ask him right now. Nagashiva, when you make the... Um, chat log, if you could collect those names and maybe put in some links. That way that people who come to this show and go, I don't get it about the astrology, you'll get some people who can teach you. I'm going to say, um, um, oh, Signe DC says, when did I graduate? I thought you graduated. Maybe you haven't. Hmm. 
Well, then I'm wrong. You haven't graduated. I don't know. <laughs> I, <thought> you, <laughs> I see you so often. You act like a graduate. Um, well, the, I think the, right. uh, the, the whole purpose of having a list of, of these astrologers, it serves something very important, and it's to recognize that there is a community that exists out there. And sometimes, mm-hmm. as great as the online community is, that is, it helps us connect with people across great distances, you can often fall into these silos. And I will say that Hoodoo practitioners are far better at this than astrologers are. Astrologers are very siloed. They very rarely venture outside of their community. So with the exception of people like Christopher Warnock and others, you don't see a lot of astrologers looking at Hoodoo. You don't see a lot of astrologers looking at, you know, any other form of magic other than astrology. They get very, kind of very narrow vision into what they're doing. And that can be a problem. And so one of the reasons of collecting people like this is, one, an opportunity to learn, but, two, to create actual networks, to bring these communities closer together. We should have more people who are practicing hoodoo that are aware of astrology, and we should have more people who do astrology that are aware of hoodoo. Because this helps to enrich the tradition. It helps to create real sense of community. And it also introduces an element of diversity, right? and a diversity of thought in particular. So I'd love mm-hmm. to see more and more people engage in sort of cross-discipline exchanges, seeing yeah, I think and that's... astrology not as separate but as maybe related or having similarities or interests in common. Yeah, I, I agree on that. Um, Signe DC says she sent in a homework in July, and so now I know why I thought she was a graduate, because we haven't, because of the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, we haven't done the announcements and the certificate making. We're behind, so that's why. It was, was in July when we stopped everything to go into the festival. So we'll pick you up. I knew you graduated, but we haven't told you yet. Uh, so there you go. Um, and um, we also have... Um, uh, Evan says something. Not all astrologers are magicians. Now, That's ain't true. that the truth? And not all magicians are astrologers, of course. Um, there are astrologers who do magic, and one of the most common forms of astrological magic involves amulets and talismans. That's you know, yeah. making yeah. talismans and amulets that are done at, at appointed times, which are called, sometimes called elections. They're not elections like you're voting. They're the time you elect to do something. And mm-hmm. elective astrology mm-hmm. is a whole branch of astrology. When we say, I'm going to work while the moon is waxing, that is elective astrology at its simplest level. If we say, I'm yeah. going to work while the moon is waxing when it comes to conjunct Venus, that's elective yeah. astrology. So, uh, yeah. you know, you can add layer and layer and layer until you have a very complex form of elective astrology, which is what most electional astrologers would would be working at that more complex level, but that doesn't mean you can't get in at the bottom level. So just work by the moon and yeah. you learn the next planet, right? Usually the next right. planet that everyone learns after the sun, they know their sun sign, then they learn the moon. The next thing they learn is, oops, Mercury went retrograde. And at that point, I'd say about 75% of people fall off the astrology wagon. They just go, ooh, that was too much for me. Right? Mercury went retrograde, yeah. I can't yeah. handle it, right? Um, but get 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 that one under your belt. Just get to you. Just watch it. It happens three times a year for three weeks at a time. Just watch it. Go. I got Mercury yeah. retrograde. I get that. Next, you're going to watch for Venus and Mars and the rest of them going retrograde. Then you're going to start. You know, your head will start exploding. But um, but eventually you'll get. You know, your head will grow and it won't explode anymore. And you'll be able to <laughs> see all of these bigger patterns. If you want to study astrology, yeah. I devote five years to it for most people. 
There are a few people usually who have a natural, um, really good um, Uranus and Neptune and, and, you know, Moon. There's a bunch of little interlocking things. They can learn astrology in a weekend, just like some people can learn to code HTML pages in a weekend, and some people can't. And don't worry about it. If it takes you five years, it takes you five years, but it's something that you'll learn all the time, and you'll always be in the company of good people. Now, going back to politics again. Um, right now, there is some problems. People have been having uh, dreams. I'm not going to name my friend, but one of my friends who's a very good psychic, not an astrologer, a psychic, had a dream of a threat to Joe Biden and to Kamala Harris. Um, mm. When that dream struck, she decided to tell a few other people and wanted to know what to do about it. Now, the last time one of my psychic friends had such a dream was back when Obama was running for president the first time. That was Najah Lightfoot Bagley. And she mm-hmm. um, came up with a, a candle spell to um, protect Obama. And there was an assassination plot uncovered. It was disarmed. And so we know that that was a true message my other psychic friend, I believe, is actually seeing something real. So now let's talk about what we can do magically to protect the transition. Now, I think that um, one of the best things about Saturn, and this is, you know, I'm not a fan of Saturn, one of the best things about Saturn is the love of tradition. And so... If it were me, I would be putting up a little, um, a little not an altar, but a little working space where we might talk about what is the astrology going to be on Inauguration Day? Can we have some pictures, some photos here? How can we strengthen this? A little candle that is lit every day from now until Inauguration Day. And um, watch and wait and ask for help and protection. Because those people out there that were out there in the street, those were dangerous people. And mm-hmm. if thousands of dangerous people show up like that in Washington, D.C., we're looking at a dangerous transition. And I think we all know that. Astrology tells us this transition is not smooth. So anybody who can light a little white candle for this transition to go forward, that would be a good thing. It would be a very good thing. You know, I just have to put that out there. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, also we're, we're kind of in this era where violence is a sort of low-simmering experience, right? It's not these one-off spectacular JFK-like experiences, but rather ongoing experiences in violence. Like just last night during the, the you know, fascist march, we'll call it, in D.C., three mm-hmm. people got stabbed, right? Three people got stabbed. Yeah. But it wasn't as massive because it's become a normative thing, right? This sort of yeah. low-simmering violence that is a serious threat to us and, and the state and politics and transition. And so doing work of protection is really important here, not just for figures, but also for communities, ensuring that, for example, minority communities are safe, that, that you know, synagogues and black churches don't get shot up, right? Praying for them, making sure that they're safe. This is an important aspect of of the work that we do and making sure that everything goes smoothly because the first 
line, the people that often get targeted. It's not always the wealthy and powerful and even the political elite because they have the FBI and NSA and all that other stuff, right? Obama had a threat against his life. It was unraveled because he had protection. Where do we see the violence manifest most overtly is almost always in these minority communities. I mean, the fact that we're watching Jewish cemeteries get desecrated, the fact that we saw multiple synagogues get uh, shot up, um, mm-hmm. Black churches getting desecrated and shot up. This is this is the reality of it, and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. And so it's important to do protection work against that. If you're living in a community, find out what your local church is. Find out what your local black church is. Find out what your local synagogue is or your local mosque is, and make sure to include them in your prayers. Make sure to include them in the lights that you set, ensuring that you're part of the local community, that you're not just praying for the big grand thing, Right, but you're also mm-hmm. worried about what's going on right around. What are you doing to take care of your spiritual neighbor? What are you doing to ensure that your community remains safe during this time? And a recommendation, because I'm in a, apparently a a lunar mansion, <laughs> kick a little bit, um, but I, I highly recommend the 26th mansion, uh, which is known as Mukadam. Mukadam is a phenomenal mansion that deals with protecting. Uh, people from danger and travelers, but also has an un, uh, another side to it in that it shores up buildings. So this could be metaphorically mm-hmm. seen as shoring up the political mm-hmm. institutions, shoring up the things that are fraying and decaying. And so working with the 26th Mansion, lighting a candle when, when it happens, is, would be ideal. And the 26th Mansion is actually November 21st of of. Uh, just in a week or so. So you can work with that particular mansion to protect your community, protect your local church, your local synagogue, to protect the transition, to protect the things that are fraying, democracy itself, protected from harm by lighting a candle or creating a talisman. Or if you're really, uh, uh, you know, into ensuring that you're going to do this long term, set a lamp, start a lamp on that date and keep the flame going until we're out of danger or until this administration is over. People have held lamps for years on end, and you can do some really powerful works around that. Yeah, that's really a good one is to to work with that mansion of the moon. Evan uh, points out um, what, you know, 21 degrees Aquarius to 4 degrees of Pisces, and you said the next one comes up on November 26th. um, 21st, 26th. A 21st. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I typed it wrong. You actually had said, um, I'll get that changed. November 21st. Okay. So um, that is the kind of thing that, that um, you know, using astrology for uh, that kind of work is really important. The, um, the use of lamps is very good. I'm going to say something else because you were mentioning um, black churches and Jewish uh, synagogues and, of course, mosques and also, um, you know, other minority religions have have been attacked, as you know. Um, At AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, we have a fund that um, originally was called the Black Cemeteries Fund. And it was started when there was a rash of these um, desecrations of black cemeteries. And then it became the Black Churches and Cemeteries Fund because I think it was in 2017, mm-hmm. all of a sudden there was a rash of burning black churches. And so yep. what we would do yep. is just, you know, scout the news for when a GoFundMe was posted on behalf of one of these. Then it became the Jewish cemeteries, black cemeteries, and black churches because Jewish cemeteries were being desecrated and they had GoFundMe campaigns. 
So um, one of the things that's going to be happening in air as a result of this uh, continuing trend is we're going to bring that um, charitable donation portion of air to the fore. It's just always been something we've done quietly. We've never opened it up to donations from the public. And we're going to be starting a web page on that. And the um, the air, uh, I don't know what we're going to call it, Churches and Cemeteries Fund or Churches and Cemeteries Restoration Fund, uh, because it's no longer just black, just Jewish, just Muslim. It's it's pretty much, you know, we know what's happening here, and we, we have to mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. And um, this um, week marked my resignation from being one of the two ombudsmen at AIR. There um I was co-ombudsman with John St. Germain, and I stepped down, and Ms. Robin is now the co-ombudsman with John. That left me without a job. <laughs> so I'm taking over the chair. Well, I actually was already unofficially, but I'm taking over the chairship of the um, Cemeteries and Churches Restoration Fund of Air. So just that you now you get a little piece of news. Um, and you can be looking. There'll be a, a web page about it at Air. Right now, we're working on. Miss um, Michael has been working on the soul and the pages about the soul, the creation of the soul, the anatomy of the soul, and the next one after that will be the afterlife of the soul. And then we're going to go mm. into some other topics. So you can look for those in the upcoming weeks. But um, that is some a, a, an Air project that we're working on making it more public rather than just me going to the board and saying, hey, can I have $50 to give to this GoFundMe, which is basically how <laughs> informally it has been run. And um, and if I can't find the $50, I go to I put the money in myself and then donate it from air because that's what I do. Um, and that brings me to the pro bono fund also. We just received a really nice donation um, from Conjurman to the pro bono fund and the air pro bono fund is for those who cannot afford to have root work done and we are um, going to be you know we always do it but we're going to be approaching it a slightly different way as far as the public is concerned so just to let people know what air is on the move and um, and those are some of the things we're doing in these hard times and I think really that's one of the good things that comes out of these strange astrological weather yeah. is that we have to look at well is the roof leaking let's repair the roof mm-hmm. right so we need to talk about repair from all the damage mm-hmm. that's been done mm-hmm. we should mention the crystal silence league as well as a phenomenal uh, resource for people a prayer network that can uh, really help people for especially those in need um, you, know, mm-hmm. you can put a petition or a prayer there and have a deacon or uh, a prayer leader or a spiritual prayer done on your behalf with the crystal silencing, multiple people praying. This is a really great resource and, and really in light of when people ask, what can we do to repair prayer networks? Get together and pray, yeah. materially support one another, but get together and pray. Don't just pray in solitary. Pray as a community. Pray as a people. Yes. Add some power right. to work right there. The, the Crystal Silence League is um, every member of AIR is automatically enrolled as a member of the Crystal Silence League. And um, 
they those are people who will they they've all made a vow that they will pray for you for free no charge just prayer is always free at the crystal silence league so if you need prayers you can post them at the crystal silence league air members and other people any member of the public who wants to join the crystal silence league can join and all you have to do is pray when you pray for somebody you read their their petition out loud to yourself or silently however you do you can then pray silently or out loud, and then you just click a little button saying, I prayed for that person. And they get a message that says you prayed for them. It's a wonderful way to work. Crystal Silence League also has a weekly radio show. And John St. Germain is the voice of the Crystal Silence League. And he reads aloud some of the prayers, and he also teaches metaphysics on that show. It's a wonderful show if you haven't uh, tuned into the Crystal Silence League show. So, um, uh, these are essentially uh, non-political, but yet socially um, supportive ways of working. I also, I think we have a, about a minute or two left over, and I would mm-hmm. like to say mm-hmm. yep. something uh, something about um, sharing candles. So when John did that candle for um, President Obama, well, he wasn't even president yet, he was just running at the time. But when she did that, she lit a candle, and then from that candle, she lit other candles. And those candles she snuffed out with her fingers. And then she passed those candles to people. And you could light another, relight that candle and then light another candle. So it's, you know, um, each one goes to the next. It's very similar to the idea of making holy water by pouring a little water in. And then that is all now holy water. And then you can pour a little bit more in. So with these candles... Um, if you want to start one, you just start it and dedicate it. But if you want to get one that's started by someone whose work you consider powerful, just ask. Um, I believe that Ms. Robin is starting a chain. We, we, we call these candle chains. Ms. Robin is starting a candle chain. And I'll, I'll, I'll go out with it. Ms. Robin was the one who had this dream that it was necessary to protect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So, um, so if you contact Ms. Robin, um, and say, I want a candle lit off of your candle, uh, send her a little donation for postage. I mean, you don't want to drive the woman broke with postage. You know, send her a buck or two in an envelope and say, please send me my little candle. And she'll send you, it'll either be a tea light or a little four-inch candle. As long as you have that thing burning and haven't burned it more than halfway down, you can light more candles. But after it's more than halfway down, it's it can't um, sanctify other candles. But you can slide another one from it, and that one now isn't burned halfway down. So you understand how this works. Pass those candles out, and um, white candles would be the best. All righty. This is perfect. Yeah, so here's our uh, music, and now we're going to go to our reading. So, Evan, take it away. <laughs> you got it. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. We'll be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. Located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our clients. Our first caller is Chrissy. 
calling from area code 224. Chrissy, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you so much for giving us a call. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Now, you indicated that you had no readings on the situation with either Ms. Cat or Conjurman. Is that correct? Correct. Perfect. Thank you so much. Now, Chrissy writes, I'm seeing a man who got a job and is moving across country. He doesn't want to get more involved with me because he doesn't want either of us to catch more feelings for each other. I've run some candle work, lodestones, and a honey jar on him. I want to know if I'll be able to see him again before he leaves or if we'll be able to continue to have some semblance of a relationship. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Hi, Chrissy. Um, Hi. And I know you I know you as Shutter, right? Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice to talk to you. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions before I read the cards, and I'll do the first reading. So um, the questions I have is, what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Leo, and he is a Scorpio. You're a Leo, he's a Scorpio. Okay, someone type that in. Um, I'm sitting here shuffling cards, sorry, I can't type right now. And um, how long have you been knowing each other? It says, I'm seeing a man, but I mean, when that could be three weeks, it could be ten years, so how many, how long? So we've been seeing each other romantically for about a month, a little over a month, and then prior to that we had been friends for a couple months. Okay, all right. So if I heard you right, it was a little muffled on the phone, you've been friends for a month, seeing each other for a month, now he's going to leave and move across country. When is he leaving? At the end of this month, so December 1st is when he is uh, heading out. Okay. All right. Well, just spe- you know, speaking um, practically, Leo and Scorpio are not the best of signs for one another. Um, the they're at square to each other, ninety degrees apart, and square usually means some conflict. Now, there are marriages and relationships that last in- entire lives that are built on squares, if there are other planets supporting. But just going by sun sign, it's not an advantageous. Uh, relationship. Now I'm going to read the cards. Okay, card number one that I have here is the High Priestess, which I prefer to call the Wise Woman. So this is a um, a woman who is uh, very wise, obviously, understands things, sits between two pillars on a bench, and the pillars stand for, that they're, they're lettered B and J for Boaz and Yachin, which means strength and establishment. She's very adaptive um, in terms of cultural models. She has the moon crown. She has the Christian cross. She has the Torah of Judaism, crescent moon of Islam. And she's a woman who is um, unusually intelligent and unusually mentally powerful and very emotionally compassionate. It's a good card. However, unfortunately, um, the next card is a card called the Eight of Cups. And this shows a man walking away from eight golden goblets. The moon is now looking down. And this woman, the high priestess, is associated with lunar things because she has all these moons in her card. The moon is looking down sadly. The guy is walking into the darkness. And he has come a long way to find her, but he's turning back. He's turning away. Something didn't work for him. 
I don't see this as something that can continue. I see him as saying, sadly, he's not happy. He's not scampering off into the darkness going, oh, free, free at last. No, he's going, oh, this is pretty bad. And he's leaving. He's not staying. And so I don't see a lot of hope here for a um, romantic future in the near future. I mean, he may come back later. Um, you can always get another tarot card at a at another time. But I'm really feeling here that his idea is that, that, that now he has to go and he's going to go. The third card is a, a card that says you can... Um, keep in touch with him, but it's not. Uh, it does not guarantee of of a romance. And uh, this card is okay. called Temperance, and Temperance is a card of affection and love and help. It shows an angel, Raphael, card of healing, and there's a path, and then the path has been washed away by water, and then the path goes on afterwards, and in the distance there's a crown of uh, glory in the distance. The two of you do have something in common. The angel pours water back and forth from one cup to another. But it says that there's been an interruption here. You may run into him again. There may be more. But it's not looking good in the short term. Okay? That's just how I see it. I mean, I'm just I'm trying to be honest here. Now, I know. I when, we, when we look at these three cards... Of course, the first question then is, is this fixed? Is this how it's going to be? There's nothing better. Nothing better can be happening. And I I guess I'm saying here that there's a lot of water in these cards. And so when we get to the root work nature of things, water would be something good. Uh, Tea, bath. And um, this is not a candle spell looking card layout. That's what I see. Okay? Okay. So... um, a lot of water here. Water can be um, emotion. It can be even things like a poetics. It can be song. But it really is. Um, this is not. Um, there's. This is not going forward, in my opinion. Um, the Scorpio will get a lot of, you know, charge out of the water. The Leo will not. Just saying. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, turn this over to Ollie. Yeah, uh, I've done a reading here as well, and um, a very similar themes to what Ms. Cat is talking about. So I've actually cast what's known as a geomantic chart, uh, which is always nice when Cat goes first because it gives me the time to do it. The chart takes a little bit longer than, uh, than cards do because you have to actually create a series of dots. Uh, 16 lines of dots that you then count up into binaries of one and twos, which then creates a chart. So it takes a, I'm pretty fast at it, but it still takes me at least three to four minutes to pull it off. So I've pulled a chart here, and this tells us a little bit about uh, what you can expect emotionally and what the chances are. Now, first and foremost, we have the figure of a miso, and a miso is um, the figure of loss or hurt. It's not necessarily a horrific figure or a bad figure, but it does indicate in matters of emotion and matters of, of, of connection that there is going to be some element of suffering interwoven into it. And think of it like uh, two threads that are woven together, and the third of it 
is a miso. And what a miso does is it means that you two may have a connection, you two may continue to talk, you two may even even uh, have a relationship as you hoped, but along the way will be serious obstacles, serious struggles, serious elements of hurt. There will be moments in which you will have doubts and moments in which you will feel like you're losing a part of your heart in this situation. So a miso is not ideal. It doesn't say that you have no chance whatsoever, but it warns that any form of connection you form with this person, it's going to be filled with an element of hurt. Some of this is just related to the fact that there's going to be a long-distance connection here, which is always tricky, doubly so in the situation of the pandemic. When things go into lockdown, right, chances of connecting are very hard. Um, So this is an indication, be warned, if you pursue this path, it may come with an element of hurt and suffering. Now, that's not to say that you have no chance here. The figure that represents the result is Fortuna Minor, indicating that you can alter the situation with a bit of magical work. But Fortuna Minor is temporary fortune, meaning that you will likely have to do touch-up magic, that is magic that you will have to kind of do regularly in order to keep the relationship going. So you're going to have to do something that draws you two closer together, draws you two into a relationship, and then something that you'll need to kind of touch up. Oh, we've had a fight. I've got to light that candle on that honey jar. Oh, I need to do a little bit of communication work. So there's an element of constant tinkering that's needed. Now, that's not ideal in a relationship. A relationship should have maybe one magical work sometimes to fix things, maybe even an ongoing you know, honey jar that you do as a couple. But it shouldn't require constant work. We're kind of always rushing back to the altar to address the next crisis, the next struggle, the next hurt. And that is another theme that is going to be ongoing here. I do sense that there is going to be communication here. We have Puella, that is the figure of Venus, of a mirror. There is an element of communication here uh, sitting in the seventh house telling us that you will have contact once this person moves. Once there's physical distance between you two, there's not going to be a complete and total disappearance. That at one point, he will perk his head and back up, and there will be a reconnection that will happen between the two of you, but that it will be temporary. It's likely that you will see this around the end of January, beginning of February. This will be a sort of temporary, ah, he's back in my life. Oh, nope, where did he go again? And that's why you'll need this sort of constant attention uh, using some form of magical working, using some form of spiritual working in order to ensure that it's not just, oh, him rearing his head, but he returns in a more substantial way. All of this is to say, none of this is to say, no, don't do this, but all of this is that you should take these into consideration. Take some time to really think about whether you want this person in your life, whether you're willing to take on this element of work, because this is one-sided work, and that can be very difficult. It can also lead to resentment and frustration. If you're constantly trying to grapple with him in order to get the attention you deserve, the love that you deserve, the affection that you deserve, that's a one-sided and an unequal relationship. So take these factors into consideration. There is chance here. There's some hope for uh, movement, there's some wiggle room that you've got here, but on the whole, the long-term trajectory has an element of hurt and suffering associated with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. I, I I agree here. And that idea of the temporary reconnection is something I associate with that card temperance, which I had pulled. Mm, there you the go. idea yeah. that 
that um, you know the path is washed out, and then it, you can rejoin. But um, and there is something between the two of you. There really is a connection, but it may mm-hmm. not be a love connection. And you know, um, how old are you now, Chrissy? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Yeah. Well, you know, you may be knowing this person for the next forty years, off and on. But it's not. It it doesn't look at this time like it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. that you love each other so much that you're going to co- go out and move where that person is and get married or that he's going to come back. But he might come back okay. for a visit and, you know. So I wouldn't put too m- much into it. Doc Murphy said something, set a deadline and stick to it. And I think that's true. Work on this for a certain amount of time, considering how little time you've had with each other. Maybe this was just one of those ships that pass in the night. Now, we're going to give some um, root work advice. We don't have a third person because we have no guest today. So I'm just going to throw in some idea of root work. I'm going to have Conjurman come in with some of his own. So since I had all of these water and moon things in, in, that I was seeing in the three cards that I had, I would take a bath, a cleansing bath. Um, you might want to, um, you know, do a series of these. You can um, prepare some herbal bath that has some love elements in it, you know, rose petals, maybe a little bit of um, honey or sugar in it, a little bit of milk, um, violet leaves, any of those types of things. You can get mixed love herbs from Lucky Mojo. It has a bunch of different love herbs all mixed into it. Brew it into a tea, um, strain it out, put the tea in the refrigerator, and just use a little bit of it every day for seven days. That's a good way to work. Um, okay. heat, heat it up and, you know, and bathe with that. And Declare your love, but declare it as being yours. In other words, I am a person of love, and I wish to be loved. Don't cling to this guy. I don't think that's appropriate. But just um, simple love baths. And then I would also ask the Archangel Raphael, who's the angel of healing, to heal any loss that you feel. And say, Raphael, and by the way, while you're out here, Raphael, can you just bring me somebody else? Because Raphael is the um, the archangel of travelers and, and finding marriage partners. Very good angel to get to know. So what would you recommend, um, uh, Conjurman? Yeah, I think that, that, first of all, milk and honey bath with love is perfect for situations like this. It really opens you up. It's also one of those great workings of, you know, like Miss Cat mentioned, if it's this guy, it'll bring him. But if it's not, you don't get linked or bound or, or fixated on him. I would do, uh, within that intention, I would do something similar. I would do, write down the qualities that you want in a relationship. And maybe they're, they're the qualities that this person has but only the qualities that you truly, truly desire. And I tell clients, take a few days to write this out. Write it all out, sleep on it, revise, do it over three days. And so you can write down all the good stuff this person has without any of the worries you have. So I love the way that this person makes me feel. That's what I want. Someone that makes me feel loved. Someone that I'm physically attracted to, I have great chemistry with, who's financially stable, and so on and so forth. You write down these qualities, and you don't write down any of the stuff that is plaguing you in this situation. That is, oh, long distance or fear of communication. You, you instead write all the qualities you're looking for. You write that down. You spray it with your favorite bit of perfume, the perfume that you're going to wear going forward. You're going to spray that piece of paper with it. Fold this up and place it into a red flannel bag with Queen Elizabeth root, rose petals, 
Bohog, Cuba Berries, and Violet League. You're going to place it in there, pray over it, tie it up into three knots, and then spray it again with your perfume. Carry this on your pocket so that every step that you take, it leads you one step closer to your ideal relationship. Now, if it just so happens that this is the guy, then you'll see that this guy will start coming around, that he will start displaying those qualities and characteristics that drew you to him in the first place. But if it's not this guy, then you'll find someone else show up in your life who has all those qualities with none of the negative drawbacks. The mojo bag is your filter. It is your friend. It's your wing woman, right? The person who's got your back mm-hmm. who will ensure that they'll say, ah, yes, this is the guy for you. No, no, honey, step back. This is not the guy for you. So trust <laughs> your mojo bag. Work it. Pray over it weekly. Spray it with perfume once a week. You can also use love oils. Come to me and love me oils that you can add a couple drops into that perfume uh, and spray onto the mojo bag. Wear the perfume as a scent for yourself. It's a really powerful way of grounding the spiritual work on the body itself. This is really good, particularly after you've done that bathing that Ms. Cat has recommended. And the combination of the two are going to work really well together. You have the water component nice and cleansing, and you have this kind of earthy component of the mojo bag that will really ground this situation. Keep your eyes open for opportunities. Keep your eyes open for signs and symbols. This is going to sort of put up a a big neon sign above you, spiritually open for business, looking for love, and so it'll draw people to you. That said, that doesn't mean that the first person that shows up is the person you're going to jump into bed with or you're going to tie the knot with. Have an element of discerning because when the sign goes up, it'll attract lots of people. And you want to use that mojo bag and your discernment to kind of filter out. Be like, is this the guy? Mm, doesn't quite have what I'm looking for. So be mindful and be really, really focused on that list that you create for yourself. Okay. I love the idea of a giant neon sign over your head. <laughs> <laughs> the the giant. I'm a Leo. The giant, I one. <laughs> yeah, the, the giant neon sign um, that you know that says "Open for Business." Um, that's really great. So, um, and I think you can do this. The love bath as a start. I would do it for seven days, and then okay. make the mojo, and. Um, carry that mojo on you and it can be a small one you know but um i really think that um that there's a that this is a better way out than um than trying to cling to a person yeah. who has said that he doesn't you know he doesn't want to get involved um i i tend to listen to people when they um say i don't want to be involved you know um, a lot of I get a lot of calls uh, from women, particularly. Um, they said no, but it was just because they were afraid. No, they mm-hmm. said no because they were saying no. <laughs> Sometimes that's just the, the answer. All right. Well, I think now we're going to have our scheduled network schedule announcement.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Conjurman of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. Take it away, Conjurman. Thank you, Evan. Uh, I have a really cool spell for you all. I can't, I, you know shamelessly calling it cool before I've actually revealed it, but I think it's very cool. Um, This particular uh, spell or working can be used to break the will of an evil king or leader or to shatter their plots and machinations. Uh, If you do this tonight and tomorrow in particular, you'll actually be working with uh, the mansion of the moon, the 20th mansion of the moon known as Naim. And Naim is used to tame wild animals and monsters. So it's perfect timing if you're interested in doing this type of work, but it's really, really good uh, for dealing with evil kings and monsters and whatnot and taming them. So here's what you do. You need a black candle. Now you would ideally want to get a nice big black candle, six inch at minimum or a nice jumbo one if you can. The bigger, the better because you're able to kind of manipulate and work it. You're going to need black pepper. You're going to need poppy seeds. You're going to need saltpeter. You're going to need the first pentacle of Saturn from the Solomonic Seals. You can actually get a whole uh, b- batch of these. You can buy them from Lucky Mojo. You can get the Hoodoo Jukebox. I hope you guys still have the Hoodoo Jukebox in stock. Really fantastic. Mm-hmm. It has all the sort of digital components that you're looking for, seals, images, etc. Um, and you can also get, uh, and you also need inflammatory confusion here. You're going to take that first pentacle of Saturn, you're going to turn it over, and you're going to write your petition on that. Write a letter to God. Oh, Lord Almighty, I call out to you. Break the will of this evil king and leader. You can name them if you want. You can say Donald Trump, or you can say Bolsonaro, or, in, or Modi, or any of the sort of fascists that are now governing in our, in our world. And you write on there the name, break this person's will, shatter their evil plots, make sure that they come to ruination and they're unable to succeed in all that they do. Write it on there and then flip it over so that the pentacle is facing up, place a candle holder on top of it, or some type of overturned heat-proof bowl or saucer. Now, Take a nail and carefully bore holes into the black candle in a spiral fashion from, bottom, from top to bottom. And what you're going to do is take your black peppers and you're going to stud each one of those holes. And as you do so, you are going to recite Psalm 72, verse 9. You shall kneel before him. His enemies shall lick the dust. So the you here should be capitalized. You shall kneel, or the him should be capitalized. You shall kneel before him, because you're kneeling before God, and the H should be capitalized in your mind. You're thinking here. You shall kneel before him, his enemy shall lick the dust. So you're referring to an enemy of God. You're going to stud this candle with those black peppers. In your mind, really emphasizing when you say, you shall kneel before him, 
his enemies shall lick the dust. And every time you say him, you're going to press that black pepper into the uh, hole. And you're going to stud this into a spiral downwards. You're going to set this on to a candle. You're going to circle around it with poppy seeds, nice big circles so that the pentacle, the candle holder, all of it is surrounded by poppy seeds. You're going to light that candle and you're going to pray to break the will of the evil king. You're going to recite that psalm again. You shall kneel before him, his enemy shall lick the dust. Repeat it for seven days, for three days. Every night, you're going to snuff it out. Every night, you're going to snuff it out. On that third night, you're going to let it burn all the way down. Take your heat-proof candle dish or uh, candlestick holder, whatever it is, remove that so that all that's left is the poppy seeds, the black peppers, the wax, and the pentacle of Saturn. You're going to sprinkle onto this your inflammatory confusion that you have mixed saltpeter into. So not a lot of saltpeter, just a little bit. So it's just a pinch of saltpeter. You're going to mix it into this inflammatory confusion incense, sprinkle it onto the remnants and light. And this will spark and shoot up and melt and burn what's remnant of it. This incense will go very fast and very quickly. It will burn out in a matter of like a minute. So this is not long burning incense because you've added that saltpeter. Then take what's left, the ashes, the burnt up paper, the leftover wax, the poppy seeds, the black peppers. Take all of that to a river. Throw it into the river and say, as this river runs and runs, may this evil king or leader, whatever their name is, be driven far away from me and all the land. Walk away and do not look back. And this is your spell to break the evil will uh, or the will of an evil king. And I'm going to post a copy of this into the chat room. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And now I'm supposed to add something to that? No. I have. That is amazing. And you were right. That is a damn cool spell. Um, Now, uh, wow, man. Um, But I will add one little thing. Just one little thing. Before you start the spell, I want you to go to YouTube, and you're going to play All You Fascists Bound to Lose by the Missing Cousins of Oakland, California. And it's it's a reworking of All You Fascists Bound to Lose by Woody Guthrie and um, and um, Sonny Terry from the 1940s, which was on one of the radio shows. But this is a, it's got new lyrics. It's really nice. It's, um, it's about fascists bound to lose. <laughs> anyway, I would... Um, I would um, play it. The Missing Cousins, uh, Nagashibi asked, by who? The Missing Cousins of Oakland, California. I mean, come on, it's local kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you so, fascist bound to lose. I love that. Lose. that oh, yeah, it starts from... off. There, it, 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 the first lines are, there's fascists in the White House. They took you by surprise. Anyway, it just goes on and on. <laughs> That's our anthem for um, the rest of the year. We're going to keep it playing on repeat. <laughs> yeah, That's right. It. It's, I play it. I play it often. Um, it's based on an old song called "White House Blues" by Charlie Poole and the North Carolina Ramblers, um, and so it uses a lot of references to that song, "White House Blues." But it's um, which was Woody Guthrie's thing. I mean, he was talking about um, World War II when he did the song, but it's very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
Phew. Well, this has been an interesting show. I hope everyone liked it. We're a little bit, um, a little different, you know, talking about astrology, which not everybody knows about, but we, we kind of got into it. I want to give my shout-outs to um, Tony I, wonderful guy. Please join Air Tony I. We're waiting for you. Signe DC, <laughs> Shudder, Miss Miranda Tarot. Why aren't you all on Hoodoo Psychics? Come on, guys. Major Tom. Come on, Major Tom. You said you were going to join Air. Do it, man. Um, cousin uh, jo- uh, Justin Sanders, um, Cousin Joshua, of course, Evan, Dr. Sweets, Doc Murphy, and, um, and Angela L. So uh, thanks for being in the chat room. And uh, to all of those who listen to this uh, on rebroadcast, come on over to AIR or Hoodoo Psychics and see some of the treats we have in store for you. All righty. Turning this over to Evan to uh, read us out, and then we'll all come back and say goodbye in our own little ways. Absolutely, Miss Kat. Uh, thank you, and thank you, Conjurman, for sharing your knowledge and techniques with us this week. We invite you to join us next week. We will have a fine guest from the Association of Readers and Root Workers. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com. I am your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from readingsbyevan.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Block Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here. And I invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time. And you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Evan. All right. We're going to... Um... <laughs> yes, Shiva says you gave him enough time this time. That's true. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, people are asking here in the chat about joining Hoodoo Psychics. Doc Murphy says you got to have two years of reading experience. Um, well, I think at Hoodoo Psychics it's one year of reading experience, and at AIR it's two years. So uh, if you're not getting reading experience, why aren't you? Come on, guys, get with it. Y'all are so good in the chat. Tony I has been reading for I don't know how many years. He's as old as dirt. Come on, Tony. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Miss Miranda Tarot, you're already called Miss Miranda Tarot, so we know you're reading. Major Tom, we know you're reading too. All right. Time to say good night. Good night, all. Good night, all. Good night. Bye.